This is the Chillinois Podcast. Lucas is thinking, no one can see how high I am right now. That's what Lucas is thinking. He is well high done. as fuck. This podcast was recorded on June 5th around 8.30 p.m. I am Justine from Canna Queens. And I am Cole Preston from the Ch- from the Chillinois podcast. I'm a, a moderator at R Isle Trees. Some of you guys may know me as uh, Cannabis IL on our subreddit. Um, yeah, I run the website and I help host this podcast. So... It's Cole and Justine. Yay! We're back. We're back. Today, we're going to be joined by Green Mind Physicians, specifically Dr. Eric Lee. Green Mind Physicians are a group of open-minded doctors that met in medical school um, and residency, and their company just makes it really um, easy and affordable for you to get access to your medical cannabis card. And they also have developed a system that evaluates patients online, um, which the process is 100% HIPAA compliant and still protects the patient's privacy. And if you listen in, uh, we're going to have a promo code a little bit later in the episode um, that you can use to get connected with them and save you a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah, save you a lot of money compared to some of these medical cannabis uh, clinics that are out there. You know, if you're um, if your doctor is maybe not cannabis friendly, which is not something that isn't, is, let me think about how to say this. That is something that is not uncommon in the state of Illinois. Sorry, I was about to confuse myself. Um, you know, pay, generally speaking, especially downstate Illinois, a lot of the doctors seem to be, for whatever reason, they they uh, do not re- recommend cannabis. Um, so if you're looking for a cannabis friendly doctor, if you qualify and, um, these guys are going to be able to help you out. So, um, really quick, let's, uh, let's spark up though, to start up the podcast. Um, you guys, whatever you got at home, grab your bulls, bongs, blunts, you know, your dabs, whatever. And let's get it popping y'all. So we're smoking joints because we like joints because we're classy. It's just who we are as people. Yeah, so I just I was just taking my boots off because the country's open, and by the country <laughs> I mean uh, Texas Roadhouse. Hell yeah. God damn it, we just got back from a fine dinner at Texas Roadhouse. It was outdoor, of course, um, and it was it was interesting. Um, it was delicious. Uh, yeah, it was banging. Sure. It's so nice to finally get it fresh out of the kitchen and not have to drive it five ten minutes home first before we can enjoy it so i was really looking forward to that yeah if you can't tell by her comments this is not the first time we've had texas roadhouse since uh you know the whole quarantine thing yeah we would go and pick it up to go it, it, we're, we're kind of we have a problem with texas roadhouse we don't by have a problem a- i mean we, we go over there quite often <laughs> we don't have a problem we just really enjoy date nights all right <laughs> Yeah, hey, yeah, fair enough. That's true. That's true. Those <laughs> fried pickles were freaking slapping, yo. Oh, yeah. Always good. Always a solid choice. And those rolls. Ooh-wee. 
those rolls. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, um, ta- all talking aside, we'll get right into the segment. Um, it's very interesting, um, and I think you guys will enjoy it. And like yeah. I said, there, like Justine said, there's a promo code within the segment, and it'll save you a uh, a lot of money in comparison to some of these medical cannabis clinics. So um, I hope you guys find um, value in this, not only like in the information and the discussion, but I hope that the uh, promo code saves you guys some money. So let's check it out. Today we are joined by Dr. Eric Lee. Dr. Lee works at Green Mind Physicians. Um, Green Mind Physicians. (laughs) Hey there, Eric. I was just going to give a background real quick. Green Mind Physicians are a group of open-minded doctors that met in medical school and residency. The company uh, makes getting access to medical cannabis easy and affordable. Um, You may have seen them on our subreddit. Uh, Green Mind Physicians developed a system to evaluate uh, patients online, and the process is the process is 100% HIPAA compliant and protects the patient's privacy at each step. Green Mind Physicians are passionate about providing evidence-based recommendations, and we love evidence because the world of cannabis is full of predatory practices and pseudoscience. One of their goals is to improve the relationship between the medical community and the cannabis-using community by promo- by promoting the growing body of evidence that supports the efficacy of medical cannabis. So you can check out the growing body of evidence on their blog, which is located on greenmindphysicians.com slash blog. And if you have one or more of the, uh, one or more of the many qualifying conditions and would like access to the Illinois medical cannabis program, be sure to go to greenmindphysicians.com. And Eric, if uh, they use code coronavirus yeah <laughs> um they can actually get the certification done for 99 which is one of the lowest prices i've heard um you know when it comes to getting that certification so um yeah uh, we're show, Eric. Now. we know people are kind of struggling out there and i'm kind of feeling just because of the nature of my day job kind of guilty that i can't participate in the coronavirus response so i i know a lot of people People out there rely on cannabis for part of their health care. So it's kind of my way of giving back to. I hear you. I hear you. So, and yeah, it's compassionate. That's what I love about it is is that it's really compassionate, especially at a time like right now, you know, to be, to provide this service. So um, kudos to you, man. Kudos to you. So how long have you been uh, practicing medicine, uh, Dr. Eric? I was out of residency in 2018. So I've been on my own for about two years. Um, so overall five years, including training. Um, and I've kind of done a little bit of everything. I trained in both emergency medicine and family medicine. And um, right now I work in nursing homes and post-acute centers, so uh, rehab centers. Um, and then a lot of what I do is medical marijuana. Nice. So yeah. tell tell us a little bit more about the backstory of Green Mind Physicians, if you don't mind. I know I mentioned a, a little bit of it. I grabbed that little description mm-hmm. I was reading off your guys' website, but give me a little bit more if you could. Sure. Um, you know, we've all done certifications for other companies, um, just with the way that things have kind of progressed state by state throughout the country. Um, there's been a lot of chance to see the way practices have evolved over time. Um, I would say that a lot of them leave room to be desired for a, for a practitioner. Like they don't make you feel great, you know, when you're, when you're working for them. Um, and I figured that I could do better. I mean, I kind of have a point of view that's a little different from most companies that are out there. 
Sure. Um, so we uh, we went for it, and it's it's been a wild ride. It's been a lot of fun, though. All right. So can you take a moment to talk about which ailments you've found that cannabis works best to treat and which ailments mm-hmm. or conditions you've seen, you know, some mm-hmm. in- mixed conditions on? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, there's, oh my gosh, I'm going to say this so many times, but there's data on this. There's data on the most common conditions that uh, patients are certified for nationwide. The first one's always pain, regardless of the state, always number one, slam dunk, number one pain. Um, That's what most patients are coming in for. Um, Two, three, and four are usually some smattering of like depression, anxiety, insomnia, um, which are absolutely the more common ones that patients will kind of state that they're seeking cannabis for. Um, I think all four of those are not a slam dunk. Like they're not huge, compelling reasons. If you look at the data. Um, if you choose to use it for whatever reasons, if they're part of your wellness, you know, obviously I'm pro-cannabis. I'm not going to stop someone from, you know, pursuing that as part of their solution. Um, but uh, data-wise, I don't think any of those four, pain pain is pretty good, but the other three are kind of mixed. Um, I can elaborate on why later. Um, I think for me personally, as a practitioner, the things that make me most convinced that we need to invest in cannabis research are the are the people that have come in and they've kind of been through the ringer. You know, they've been through the whole medical system, which, yeah. you know, sucks. The, the medical system sucks. Um, and they've tried a bunch of different medications and been to a bunch of different specialists. And they haven't found anything that worked. And then they found cannabis and it does work. Um, and I'm not talking about the subjective things like, you know, maybe fibromyalgia or pain or depression, um, which still matter. Those stories matter. But I'm talking about the things like, um, you know, spinal cord illness, like Epilepsy. I had a patient with transverse myelitis, which is paralysis that happens for no reason. And he just got muscle spasms that was unresponsive to traditional medications, but he tried cannabis um, and it worked for him. I think stories like that, uh, they really sway myself and other practitioners for sure um so you kind of mentioned it when you um when you were talking about the backstory but can you take a moment to talk about what sets green mind physicians apart from some of these other medical cannabis clinics i mean correct me if i'm Mm -hmm. wrong one of the things you guys do i mean i know you're doing the coronavirus special right now but one of the Mm -hmm. things you guys normally do again correct me if i'm wrong um is a price match yeah yeah, yeah, so we're, we're happy to price match. Um, I think that overall, one of the things that needs to be addressed as an entire community, not just the physicians and not just patients, but just like everyone in general, um, is the way that information gets into you know the day to day, the day to day workings of someone who uses marijuana. Um, I, I feel like the research that is out there is not like incorporated into dispensaries or the way we purchase things or the way we really think about marijuana. Um, so that's definitely one of the things I want to address. Um, I think you have to talk about health when you're talking about marijuana counseling. For sure. Um, so that's another one of the things that we kind of focus on. And uh, yeah. So it sounds like one of the tr- troubling things that you see in the cannabis industry is some of that this pseudoscience, um, we mentioned that earlier. Um, there's a lot of like generic, um, descriptions on, you know, the cannabis products, for example, um, most Mm -hmm. 
countries separate um, cannabis into indica, sativa, or hybrid variants. Mm-hmm. It's funny, you know, this, the, we've talked about this on the podcast before. The labels sativa and indica cannot be used as a reliable indicator of a physiological response. And as I understand it, in the past, those terms were just used as a subspecies classification for cannabis. So, you know, you got genus, species, it's cannabis indica, cannabis sativa. And the terms terms have always been used to describe morphological features and physical adaptations. For example, broad leaves versus narrow leaves, adaptations to survive in high humidity, altitude, etc. And from what I can tell, from what I can tell, and I think you'd agree, these terms have historically not been used to describe physiological effects of cannabis cultivar or variety. And that's why I think it's hilarious that dispensaries are selling it this way and, um, you know, pitching it this way. It's simply not that simple, in my opinion. Would you agree? You know, it's funny that you say that because I I will say, first of all, I will not stand here and lie to you, but I have definitely told patients that before, like just as like a turn of a phrase, because um, you do see those words over and over again. Um, and I, I have definitely said the into couch thing before, um, but I've also read information that kind of reflects what you've been saying too. So I think it's kind of interesting um, in how that that, Despite having that information, I, I have been guilty of perpetuating this particular myth. Um, but I think there's some very real truth to that, too. Um, I think well, when you get into the biokinetics or the biopharmacokinetics, especially with the terpenes and other chemicals that we are you know, looking at, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that isn't really verified yet. Yeah. And so first of all, I think the reason we break it down that way is it's, it's, it's simple. You know, you can kind of break it down. There's three terms. You can break it down to in the couch, you know, sativa, energetic, <laughs> mixture of both. It's pretty easy to understand. Um, but like you say, um, I think that, you know, we need to start looking at terpenes and the cannabinoids. And yeah, I, you know, the other thing that I, I can't believe this is a real thing. I'm still learning about this, but flavonoids. Um <laughs> Uh, and so there's actually a company in the Netherlands that's doing this. They're standardizing cannabis medicine by looking at each individual plant's mm-hmm. profile according mm-hmm. to the terpenes, flavonoids, cannabinoids, and any other distinguishing feature. And they offer five different varieties that are fully standardized. Um, so they've got a fully standardized genetic composition that is and remains the same for every batch year in and year out because they were doing some like studies on cannabis strains and that's a funny word by in my opinion strains and i'll explain that in a second but they were doing some studies on strains in the netherlands and so they were buying some pretty reputable strains like gorilla glue um you know you can name any other ones and but they were buying them at different shops all over the netherlands the same strain but when they test it the chemical profile came out differently and so this company bedroom is pioneering initiative an initiative where they i guess at this point last i researched they had five varieties um that like i say they're consistent and i think that a reproducible chemical profile would enable Mm -hmm. you to monitor dosage and the effect on a disorder in the same way as you do with other medicines yeah Uh, and to quickly return to the the word strain i think it's funny that we use that word because in like plant like if you're if you're if you speak plant 
Um, strain is not a word that is, you know, in that vernacular. Um, usually plants are separated into cultivar or varieties, depending on whether or not the plant has one or more distinguishing characteristics in its sure, tree. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so I, that's just a kind of a side note that I always like to point out. I think it's funny. I think it's like a remnant of the black market um, that we're calling them strains, you know, because like yeah. strains are typically used. It's a term that's borrowed from microbiology to describe a genetic variant or subtype of bacteria, fungus or virus, <laughs> as you know, we're becoming familiar with. So, um, yeah, so we're giving it a novel use in the marijuana industry. That's all very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a write-up that I did um, on our subreddit, and it's just kind of a discussion that I've been kind of trying to start because I feel like there's there's half of the cannabis industry that's trying to really simplify mm-hmm. things and water them down, you know, and, and kind of make it simple, like the indica, sativa, and hybrid idea. But I truly right. think that, that, you know, yeah, there's a place for that, but I think if we're talking about medicine, we need to standardize the medicine. And the analogy I used yeah. the other day that made some of my friends laugh is, that, you know, I know that Coca-Cola isn't medicine, but for example, you go to the store and you buy Coca-Cola. Um, let's say you really enjoyed that Coca-Cola. So you want to go back to the store and, and get it again, but you get home and you open that box of Coca-Cola and there's Sam's Cola in there. What the hell? You know, <laughs> like, or let's just say like, uh, Advil, you know, to, to actually bring it to medicine, let's just say, mm-hmm. Advil. you know, you go and you get Advil once it works really good for your headaches. You find that it works great for relieving your pain. And then sure. you go back again and you open the bottle and it's different. And so you ask your pharmacy tech you're like hey what's up with this you know i I got this advil last time and it looked like this and now it looks like this and oh yeah it's basically the same thing you know it's uh you know i've just always thought that was interesting that i get that there's variance with uh medical Mm -hmm. cannabis being a plant and also in pharmacology there's human variance you know weight etc yeah i don't know it's just that's a good point. I can give you kind of a story that I actually read recently, um, uh, a study that's kind of pertains to this topic. Um, I think overall, the terpene situation and the flavonoid situation, we're all getting to the point where our like, technology is getting you know, sensitive enough to pick it up. Um, I don't know if there's any convincing data on what does what, but there are some really nice looking charts and dispensaries. Um, but I do right. think there is something to it. And I have waffled on this back and forth over the years from being like, no, you know, terpenes and flavonoids, there's nothing there yet. Um, to like actually feeling like there is science to it. Um, but I was reading a paper, um, that was talking about the experiences of like a fair, a decent number of patients, like 6,000. And it was talking about what has worked for these patients. Um, and they said that one of the subsets of data was that a specific hybrid called devil's headband or something weird um, was particularly effective for headaches, like reported over and over and independently um, by different patients. Um, so I feel like there is something there. Um, and it's just funny also because it's this like highly technical paper with like a lot of analysis and variables and all this scientific BS. And then it's dropping devil's headband. It's really great seeing that yeah. concept in cannabis research. Um, but I, I think that people have found that strains, specific strains are useful for specific conditions. Um, and that goes along with what you're saying, because we want to know what, strains there are and verify that they're the correct strains right and i think a a point that you brought up that's super important we are like i wouldn't even 
we're not even in the toddler stage of all this. You know, we're in yeah. our infancy. And yeah. I think a point that can, you know, really drive that home is the fact that, you know, okay, so have you ever bought, have you ever bought recreational or medical cannabis doctor oh, in yeah. from anywhere? And oh, you yeah. know, the labels, the labels on it, what does it show you? Like THC, CBD, CBN. Yeah, CBDA and CBN and most stuff. Right. So there are 113 cannabinoids and we're displaying like maybe five on the testing. Right. I, I just think that's interesting too. Cause you know, like you say, we're in the infancy and maybe we're not test. What, what if what we're testing for doesn't really true, you know, what if that doesn't matter? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just kind of, a... pretty, there's some pretty robust data on THC and CBD. I don't think anyone can for argue sure. that. But the other oh, one, yeah, for sure. there's definitely some fuzz. I think you could generalize that to human nature in general, because when you look at like a nutritional box and you see all the vitamins and supplements that's a very small subset of the molecules that are in a plant. They're the ones that we know the most about, so we like talking about them. But hey, fair enough. Yeah. That's just a really good point. Nature. Yeah, we like to display what we know, and we know about these five cannabinoids, so we must tell. <laughs> we must tell. I like that. Yeah. So um, I noticed that um, Green Mind physicians certify um, you know, medical cannabis patients in other states. What other states do you guys operate in? Um, the state I have the most experience in is in Oklahoma. Um, I have a few friends in Oregon that we're getting started with. Um, I just got my Michigan license today. So that oh, is very cool. exciting news. Yes. We'll be expanding here. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun seeing the difference in each state. Yeah. And that was going to be my next question. What can you compare and contrast some differences in the program? Like you don't have yeah. to, obviously, I know you're working in a few different states, but can you can kind of give me some Maybe some things that Illinois is lacking in their medical cannabis program, for example. Yeah, that's that's a really good question. There's definitely very, very different culture between Illinois and Oklahoma. I'm not really sure you could get two more different cultures because Illinois is very it's okay. I'll, I'll back down. They're not one of the most restrictive anymore, especially after recreational and some other changes. Um, sure. So they're middle of the pack now. Um, but Oklahoma is very, very liberal. Um, they've set up a very pro-marijuana system in a lot of different aspects. Yeah, um, I mean, not to yeah. cut you off, but I hear you can't really spit in Oklahoma without hitting a dispensary. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> intense, man. Like, uh, anyone will joke with you about it. They've shown up everywhere. Yeah. So um, one of the things I'm guessing that's a big difference, I think this is always interesting, that, you know, medical patients have to register at a dispensary before they shop there. Do, do you see that in any other states? No, that's very unusual. And that is very peculiar to Illinois. Um, it is very restrictive. I think you could still be recreational at another place, but then that, that's well, another and you, and you can change your registration. Right. It's just that you always have to register before you go. And yeah. it's, you know, it's funny. I know uh, I was in conversation with a few people that were drafting the updates to this bill, which is that you can file the registration electronically. So now you can do that and it only takes about an hour to, to, to happen. Mm. I mean, sometimes I've, it's really awesome actually, because now you can basically shop anywhere in the state. Like I've gone to a store and they didn't have what I needed. So I registered my change and I went to the other store in town and I was yeah. able to go in and shop just like you do in any other state. It was really cool. Um, yeah. But sometimes it can take up to an hour. I guess they have like maybe a script that yeah. runs. 
I, only I mean, that's still another step, though. Most states don't even have that. I think it's uh, really I think like it's a improvement. So, just to clarify, are you saying that in other states, like if you're a medical patient, you can maybe only shop at one dispensary, or? Oh no, you can just show your card. You you oh, have okay. card. You can just For go sure. to the window, verify. Yeah, and see that's status. that's what I was gonna say is that that was our intention, or at least uh, Normal's intention when they were drafting this bill mm-hmm. is that um the you would just come in and show your card and i mean the if you look back at the rule it says that the dispensaries are in charge of registering that change so in other words the change would still happen but it would from all you know from our side of the counter it would seem like it is in every other state you know we just show our card and do it but for some reason or another um they decided not to come out with that system and we still have to do it ourselves a lot of people have trouble with that. Some people forget their passwords. And of course, the state's IT service is not the greatest. So, um, yeah. you know, it, it's, a little, it's still a little restrictive, but it's definitely improved. And so that in that we will, you know, hold our head high, I guess. It's improvement, right? We got, we got to take what it we can. It's definite improvement. It's definite improvement. Um, so are Oklahoma, I, I know in Michigan, they're allowed to grow cannabis. Are you allowed to grow cannabis in Oklahoma as a medical patient? You are allowed to go um, cannabis as a medical patient. I think it's the same number of plants. It's definitely not more than six. Gotcha. I I, I can't remember what the number in Michigan is. I know that, rec- first of all, recreational or, or just anybody can grow, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I'm pretty sure in Michigan you can grow something like 20, a large number of plants. That is um, a lot of dedication to plants. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm actually. I think it's definitely one of the perks of being medical, especially in Illinois, when you have both. Yeah, absolutely. We, I actually just started my home grow, and um, it is definitely a perk. It's also just a good activity right now, you know, with having to be inside and and everything else. It's a healthy place to. Yeah, I'm on plant overload right now. They just keep piling up during the quarantine. It's just plant, 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 another one. (laughs) Yeah, are you saying you grow too? I don't have any. I'm. I live in Missouri, so I don't grow any cannabis right now. I just have other plants. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. You're focusing. You got your victory garden going. I get you. Yeah. So my victory garden is just a different type of victory garden. It's it's yeah. one that light on fire and inhale. I know. Multi-year. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, um, what are some condi- I mean, what are some conditions you think should be added to the Illinois Medical Cannabis Program? It's really opened up as of yet. Mm. So, I mean, most people can qualify, but do you think there's any conditions that should be added? Sure. Um, I don't know if pragmatically it would really change anything, especially after they added chronic pain, um, yeah. which is such a like blanket diagnosis that it really leaves a lot of it leaves very few patients you know, with a need to certify through any other diagnosis. Um, pragmatically, I don't know that adding a different set of diagnosis would change much to what I do. I think that most people that are interested in a card um, qualify under what currently exists. Yeah. Um, so one of the I, things, one of the things that I think that, yeah. and I know I can, I am a little, I guess I can admit that maybe I'm a little radical, but one of the things that was going to be written into the law, um, it was kind of straight out of California law books. Um, it's, you know, at the end, so it said all the qualifying conditions and then it said, or any condition right. a physician feels right. necessary. And they actually scratched that. 
um, I guess on the basis that maybe it was, you know, the conservatives might not vote for it if that was, I, I don't know exactly the, exactly the rationale, but I guess that yeah. they scrapped it because they didn't feel like it had a high chance of passing. Do you, would you be I for something like that? This is a norm that's going to change over time because the other states that I'm familiar with right now, um, Missouri and Oklahoma both do that already. So I just think it's a norm that is going to change over time. I think Illinois, you know, it is kind of on the conservative side still, and that's just one sure. of the ways it does it. Well, um, Illinois is an interesting, it's just an interesting like sociopolitical mix of uh, people, I think. And that's, that might be the result um, yeah. that you're seeing. Um, so or just to clarify, you said that in Missouri, Missouri and Oklahoma, you can certify for whatever condition. Yeah, you can certify for anything. Um, there's See, a, that's, that's the way it needs to be, because at the end of the day, it's like what, you know, yeah. like for example, if somebody came in with nausea, I, I'm, I'm just so surprised that that's not something that's on like the, the Illinois medical cannabis. Like, I, I think I know that, you know, with all in and purposes you could just go to a, a recreational dispensary but mm -hmm. i think that if you're having recurring issues with nausea that you should be able to talk to your doctor about using medical cannabis for it or anything you know what i mean so because i mean at the end of the day my my reasoning behind that is like what's what's the worst that's going to happen you're going to maybe raid your um snack cabinet and <laughs> um, fall asleep too early you know i, I don't really see any just have to trust the patient at some point you know you can't like for me personally i've i in my heart have already made up my mind that like, most patients that come in if they have the right you know story and the right documentation like, i'll do my best to make this happen for you um but at some point you just have to trust the patient like they tell you that they benefit from cannabis for x y and z and you just have to take them at that at face value i think a lot of people end up pursuing medical marijuana because they don't like traditional medicine for whatever reason. And there's a million reasons that I've heard over the years, but the, the shared experience is the same. Like what medical, what the traditional medical system has to offer does not resonate with these people. Um, so yeah, I think, I, I, I think this is very valid. I was going to ask you this earlier um, and I forgot, um, but um you know, what are your thoughts on vaping and smoking cannabis, particularly, I mean, just first of all, in general, but particularly at this time when there's, you know, a, a respiratory right. illness, you know, um, what, are, what are your thoughts definitely on definitely a good time to think about that the same way that I kind of always talk to people about inhaling when I have my consultation with them, um, regardless of how checked out you are, or like, whether or not you literally just want the certification, you don't want to talk to a doctor at all. Everyone has to hear about my soapbox about inhaling just because it is something that we tend to ignore as cannabis using, you know, society. Um, COVID being around puts more emphasis on that, obviously. Um, I think if you look at the COVID data with smokers, it's kind of weird because it shows that like virus, the virus can't like, for other lack of other words, grip into the airway of smokers as easy as it does to non-smokers. Um, so smokers just, actually have like a lower chance of getting cannabis. it. Yeah. Is it cannabis smokers you're talking about? No, I'm talking about tobacco smokers is what they've researched. But um, okay. I guess just to generalize, which you can't really do, but right now let's do it anyways. Um, it, 
that's that's a weird pattern that coronavirus has had. Um, it doesn't affect smokers as often, but when it does affect smokers, it tends to kill them more frequently. Um, but big picture wise, I think everyone should have as one of their long term goals the 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 goal to inhale less, regardless of what it is, whether it's a vape or whether it's flower cannabis. I think we need to intentionally work in the other stuff uh, into our routine because we do have data that shows that smoking weed is kind of bad for you. Yeah, I think that I think that what it'll change into maybe is that you know, so my doctor, for example, has he has the same same exact. Uh, soapbox, if you will, um, about yeah. inhaling. And, and actually, he takes it a step further because um, with inhaling, you know, you, you can't really get a measured dose. The good thing about edibles, you know, let's put metabolism and, uh, you know, other mm-hmm. things aside, digestive, you know, let's put those aside. At least you're getting a measured dose of cannabis. And in mm-hmm. that way, it kind of returns to that conversation we were having earlier sure. where you have a measured dose. You can maybe start yourself on a regimen, keep yourself, you know, and then try to see the results. You know, it's all about having that control variable because unless if you aren't, you know, I mean, how can you say that it's working? Right. Sure, so, sure, sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so how do you recommend your patients consume cannabis? Um, I guess, sorry, to return before I get that question from you, I was going to say that to continue my thought, I kind of forgot what I was saying mid mid thought. Um, I think what it'll change into is, is that, you know, people doing edibles and if they need immediate relief, that's when you inhale and that's few and far between. Hopefully, of course, hopefully you don't, you're not in need of immediate relief all the time, but you know, maybe depending on the condition, maybe, maybe that's Mm -hmm. what you need. But, um, I think, I think that's maybe what it'll transition to, but again, what, how do you recommend your patients to consume cannabis? Um, yeah, not not only just your, uh, you, not only your yeah. patients that come to you, like knowing, uh, you know, there's some patients that come and they've been smoking for years, but now they're right, looking to yeah. come out of the shadows, you know, and, uh, but, but maybe like your new patients, what it, people that have never tried cannabis, how do you recommend them? Sure. Try? Um, I, regardless of who you are, where you're coming from, I, I tell you to find a way to not smoke. And if you mostly do edibles, I pat you on the back. I say, great job. Um, if you're someone who smokes, I still challenge you. I, I want to know how much you smoke. And most people kind of have this like, oh, edibles don't work for me type thing. And then I talk to them about dosing. I truly, really try to tease out what they've tried. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes I tell people that they smoke too much weed. (laughs) Like sometimes (laughs) people are like, I tried an edible that was like 200 milligrams and it just didn't work. And I'm like, you smoke too much weed, then you need back down. Lower that tolerance, yeah. Yeah, but um, everyone gets to talk about edibles because I do think it is a good way to reduce your smoke exposure, and it's something that we all have to think about. Um, I try to be very real. I'm a former, you know, most-day smoker myself, and I just try to be honest. I'd say, you know, we have data that smoking weed is bad for you. It kind of sucks. Um, we all have to deal with it as marijuana users, and I include myself. Um I think for new patients, it's easier It's easier to start off on the edible train rather than trying to get on it after smoking. Yeah. Um, and for people who are like super resistant, I say that, I say the truth. I say in other markets like Colorado and California, um, there are 
edibles that approximate the sensation of smoking closer. They work in 10 or 15 minutes versus an hour, 45 minutes. Um, so if you're not pleased with the selection now, make sure to check back in a year because the game will change. Um, but regardless, we're working with what we got and you have to think about your health. We all do. Um, that like, if you have been certified by me and you were listening to this, that will sound verbatim because that's literally exactly what I say patients to. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find that, um, patients, what do you, do you find that edibles are less intimidating? You know, like, cause it some people are just, where you're coming I know from. that you're usually recommending them edibles, but. Yeah. Um, for, for me, you know, when I'm trying to introduce people to cannabis, um, for example, I had a friend with MS um, and I right. just introduced her to CBD at first, you know, just a, a, sure. a vapable CBD, um, sure. which uh, but my thought was maybe that we'd try edibles for some people. Some people just find, you know, the the idea of inhaling things um, other than yeah. air. Uh, a little bit of a scary thought and rightfully so right well, that, that should, that's kind of what you're yeah that's kind of what you're preaching They're right so pure you know what i'm saying these pure people yeah right right you know and that's what's funny is that when people say um uh you know vaping is uh healthier than smoking cannabis i'm like well at the end of the day um you know none of this none of this is healthy i don't think because we're inhaling something other than oxygen uh, you know you know yeah. an argument can be made that you know if you live a, in a big city it's not like your oxygen's clean anyway but like do what you can people right. take care of yourself yeah. you know i mean um, that that is very true and i agree with everything you just said but that being said smoking weed is also very fun very what very fun <laughs> Oh, I agree. It is very fun. <laughs> it's like a pastime. See, like, how could we? I yeah. I it'll be interesting to see if we get if we ever get to a place where like smoking because I know that with with cigarettes, for example, it's definitely um, the culture's definitely changed. But um, cannabis mm -hmm. is kind of this uh, this white horse right now, at least where yeah, that's probably the worst part about it right now because there really is no advocate for health out there. Um, I applied for a dispensary permit in Missouri last year. And as part of that process, I kind of talked to a bunch of different existing chains um, and there really is no compelling reason. I mean, psychologically for these people to care about health, um, they, view it as counterproductive which makes sense like you tell people that smoking weed's unhealthy they're not going to work you know buy weed makes sense right. um i don't think it will change until you know the big science push the same way it did that it happened with tobacco and i think you could really draw a lot of parallels between these um these current dispensary chains and big tobacco i think it's very reasonable to draw that parallel Definitely. And I mean, one of the one of the parallels I'm going to draw, I'm just going to hop out on a limb, um, is their advertising tactics. I mean, you know, they I, I believe in it at the end of the day um, because it's worked for me. But I just think it comes off as very, you know, salesy when they're pitching this product as a, you know, wellness. Um, yeah wellness product but then maybe they're advertising flour or you know like a smokable version of the product and it's like yeah. well if we're talking about wellness why don't we really focus on wellness with this product i know and it, it does really contribute to this like myth that cannabis is innocuous and it comes from a whole bunch of different ways it comes from the advertising perspective that you did you just mentioned it comes from this like 
pseudo-scientific hippie, you know, it's so natural perspective, which, right. you know, to an extent I agree with, sure. But like, there's so many different things playing into this notion that cannabis is a really innocuous medication. And it's really not. And I, I personally, when I was, and I saw this way more often when I was doing brick and mortar valuations versus online gig. Um, but I would see people come in with very serious medical conditions and they would be like, I'm using cannabis. And I would be like, you really shouldn't be because you're probably going to yeah. die. Well, and let's I, be honest. And I'm going to take some flack for this, but let's be honest. Cannabis is not natural. And let, let me let me explain. Um, cannabis, of course, can grow naturally. And every, I, I guess the way that we are it is natural know, manicuring. Is a plant, yes. <laughs> we are, but, but I guess what I'm trying to say is what we're doing to it. And yeah, uh, a, a Netflix episode, you were like, we're basically making really horny plants. And that's why they make those big flowers. <laughs> and they're, they're really trying to get, you know, pollinated by these males that aren't there because we separate them. And so it's, it's not natural. It, sure. It's, it's natural in the sense that, you know, you plant a seed in some soil and water yeah. it. Yeah. It takes off. It's organic. Yeah. Um, but what you're doing is not, na- I mean, you harv- you watch it, you harvest it at a certain time and then you dry yeah. it. There's certain yeah. things. You, you yeah. Cure it. yeah. These are, and you know, it's funny is that people often the, the basis of, Oh, it's natural, man. That, that argument is like, Oh, you could, you know, it's a product that without human intervention, does what it does but that's not completely true yeah. um but that, i don't know i'm not trying to die on that hill i'm just trying to make a distinction <laughs> you know what i mean die on because you are actually correct that is all very true um no you cannot really call it natural when you are you know grinding it up putting it in a bowl igniting it and inhaling it that did not naturally happen to you 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 did it <laughs> right. you did right. stuff. um i think I think being reliant on anything is not dope. I I think that is something that we all have to confront within ourselves as, you know, cannabis users too. Um, I think that is probably along with the lung situation, the other most insidious thing that, you know, has crept into our consciousness as cannabis using community is probably the normalization of uh, cannabis use. Um, right. but it's kind of getting off topic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's, it's, uh, it's a valid topic. There is definitely a normalization happening. And, um, I wish I had the, the like segment or quote pulled up, but George Carlin had a really good bit about, you know, he only uses drugs like maybe once a month because, um, and Louis CK with controversial figure, I know, but, uh, he had another joke that like kids, you know, do drugs as less as possible because when you do, they're kick ass. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I mean, I'm just saying it's, it's a, it, it, and yeah, it's, it's like what you were saying earlier. These people that complain about, you know, not being able to maybe maybe an edible doesn't do something for them. Well, maybe you need to lower your tolerance, you know, um, yeah. I'm one to talk, though, because I am one of those people that has to take I, I use a lot of cannabis and so. I take pretty high doses of edibles. Um, but, um, you know, the, the other thing though, just on that subject, it, we're kind of going on a tangent, but that's whatever. Um, we'll be wrapping mm-hmm. up the segment soon. But, um, one of the things that I think is interesting with the edible conversation is mm-hmm. like I say, there's a lot of human variability. You've got metabolism. Um, you know, some people, the way they digest food, maybe, 
um, the acidity in their stomach is too high. And so it kind of breaks down that THC. I'm not, obviously I'm not a doctor or a scientist, so this is just mm. things I've read online, but I guess this is some of the variability I've heard that comes with edibles and maybe explains sure. why some people, um, you know, do require higher doses. There's definitely, you know, the, sure. the everyday smoker problem, but, uh, Sure. And I, I would first of all like to say that I do not view that outright as a problem. I, I am hesitant to embrace this because there is data that shows – okay, I said it again. I'm sorry. But there is data that shows that um, for those conditions that we were talking about earlier, depression, anxiety, insomnia, what yeah. people often seek cannabis for, um, long-term outcomes aren't great for – routine cannabis use. It shows that smoking weed over the long term doesn't really fix the problem. Um, it can worsen your recover, recovery from depression. It can perpetuate your anxiety symptoms. Um, it can make you such that your sleep is lower quality without marijuana. Um, yeah, I mean, one of, the, yeah. one of the things, I mean, uh, like you say, your sleep, maybe you are going to sleep, but it's lower quality sleep, you know, um, especially if you're using heavy amounts, because from what I understand, if you use heavy amounts. And I mean, of any drug, it can really mess up your sleep cycles. Um, so, so yeah, like you say, it's like, you know, you don't want to become dependent on it. Um, and yeah, then like you I say, anxiety, I myself, like when you smoke and like, that's the last thing that happens, it wears off in a few hours and then you wake up like during my high use times, that's definitely something. Well, and I just to throw this out there, it's just kind of a separate thought. When I take tolerance breaks, I try to do that every once in a while. Um, yeah. I have a period of extremely vivid dreams and what, yeah. what my idea is, is, I mean, what I notice when I smoke a lot is that I don't, sometimes I don't dream. I know that sounds depressing, but sometimes I don't dream, or at least sometimes I have trouble remembering my dreams. Oh, I definitely notice that too. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of a, a, a side thing, but like you say, um, to just close out anxiety and depression, probably not. You know, in certain cases, maybe, yeah, medical cannabis is good for it. But in in certain cases, it can definitely exacerbate the uh, condition. I mean, think about anxiety. If you get paranoid, how is that helping your anxiety? It's probably snowballing your anxiety, you know. And then with depression, um, cannabis is a depressant. So, um, you know. I think there, there is a way to make this work. I feel like... I don't want to come across as like a Debbie Downer on all these things because I really do believe that marijuana can be part of a solution. Um, but if you're going to look at this from you know a scientific perspective, then look at the science. Otherwise, you really can't say that you're using marijuana medically. You can say sure. you're using marijuana. You say you can say you have a medical condition, uh, but if you're not following the science, you are not using medical marijuana. Um, yeah, it, and I was more so. Uh, trying to drill home that point for you, not to not to be a Debbie Downer either, but to, yeah. you know, there are some people that um, they start to use this. I've known some people and they're like using it for their depression or anxiety and they continue to use it and they right. continue to get worse and they're not realizing that that's what it is, you know, and sometimes see, that's, that's one of the things you have to check in on. And we use when you see right. a physician in an office, we use a scoring system to kind of check symptoms like that. Um, so checking in using some type of objective tool is an important thing. Um, and then following the data about complementary treatments. So like what we know about cannabis and anxiety is that sometimes high THC preparations make anxiety patients feel worse. So patients that come in with a you know, complaint of anxiety should be counseled on that. 
They should be counseled on low THC products, how CBD itself without the remainder of marijuana is effective treatment for anxiety. Like what we do know about these conditions, we should give to patients, but we shouldn't give them a false expectation. You know, like what you were saying earlier, this wellness thing, you smoke weed, you feel better. It's not that simple and it's wrong to make people feel that way. Right. And that's, I'm glad that you went into that because it's important to break down that, you know, it's hard to paint with a broad brush. You can't really say that, you know, cannabis in general doesn't work for, or maybe isn't as always effective for anxiety and depression. Maybe certain forms of cannabis aren't effective on anxiety or depression, namely high THC products, et cetera. So I think that was a really good distinction that you brought out right there. Yeah. I mean, as someone who like personally, I feel like my mental health as a human being has definitely benefited from marijuana throughout the years. Um, so I, I think it's very reasonable to assume that patients get a lot of people in general I'm out of the office. People get people get a lot of relief from cannabis. They like the way that cannabis makes them feel. It's very reasonable to assume that. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's kept me from a lot of hot headed decisions. I, th- <laughs> I think that um, I might be in a different place right now if I didn't use cannabis. It really helps me to reflect and look at things from a different angle. Sometimes I can get super, super upset about things or maybe I'm having, you know, an anxiety attack and it can kind of ground me or break me out of it, you know, and, and allow me to look at life from a different perspective. These are the types of subtle things that, you know, patients that have used cannabis over the years know, but it's, it's not exactly codified into, a, you know, the research that we have on cannabis. But I think there's something to that, too. I've definitely experienced something similar. Um, and it'd be nice to, you know, slam this into science so people know for sure that it it uh, it does these types of things. Hell yeah. So, uh, Dr. Lee, was there anything else that you wanted to specifically talk about today? I was going to reiterate, um, you know, where, where people can go to connect with you. Um, but I just wanted to give you a chance to, uh, just to say anything that you'd like. No, this was, uh, this was really fun. I had a really good time and I don't really have any other agenda things to say. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. No worries. Well, maybe we'll have you on again in the future. I'd love to have you guys back on in the future. Um, yeah, so if anyone has a question or anything, I love looking stuff up. It's, uh, one of the things that I love to do. Yeah. So, um, if you have one or more of the, uh, many qualifying conditions in the state of Illinois and would like access to Illinois, Medi- the Illinois medical cannabis program, be sure to go to greenmindphysicians.com. And I will reiterate that, uh, if you use uh, promo code coronavirus, um, at checkout, you can get your uh, physician's letter for medical cannabis for $99. Um, I want to throw out there that Green Mind Physicians is on Instagram, at Green Mind Physicians, and you can also find them on Facebook. Um, so if you need to connect with them um, through social media, that that's those outlets are there. Um, and then if you want to connect with them, I'm sure there's a con. Yeah. Yeah. There's a contact button on the greenmindphysicians.com website. So if you have any yeah. qu- questions for them, just go to their website and click contact. And I'm sure that you'll get connected with them. Um, yeah. Steadfast. So um, I want to reiterate, check out their research blog. It's really awesome. And it, and it uh, goes over, um, you know, the mounting body of evidence uh, that supports the efficacy of, medical cannabis um i'm glad uh, you looked at it we we work really hard on it i'm glad you looked at it (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, it's awesome. And I want to throw it out there because um, at the end of the day, our purpose is to teach our community how to responsibly incorporate cannabis into their lifestyle. Um, We don't really have a, we don't discriminate, you know, recreational, medical, whatever. Um, And so I think that your blog, your organization and your mission go a long way towards achieving that. And so that's why I wanted you to come on to our show. Oh, that actually does remind me of something that I just put together that uh, when you mentioned, do you have anything extra? We actually did make something about edible storage for parents, which is a thing because pediatric intoxications of cannabis containing products has gone up with legalization. Um, So if anyone's got a young kid at home, we have some guidance for you on our website. Awesome. So guidance on the proper way to store edible yeah. can- cannabis. Especially if something were to happen and there weren't uh, accidental ingestion, we we describe the entire process. Good deal. That's good information. Yeah. That's good information. Yeah, definitely check that out, guys. You want to keep your little ones safe. Um, you're, I'm sure your pets can fall under that category. I'm sure these uh, containers would protect against pets as well, or these, these tips and tricks. Uh, so um, yeah, definitely check that out, guys. Uh, once again, their website is greenmindphysicians.com. Um, that's G-R-E-E-N-M-I-N-D-P-H-Y-S-I-C-I-A-N-S.com. Thanks, yeah. Eric, for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. I really had fun. Yeah, for sure. And we'll do this again in the future. All right. Sounds great. All right. So he's a really cool guy. Um, I had a good time in the conversation um we'll definitely have to have him on in the future and in the future i'll have to schedule it at a time that justine you can actually be a part of yeah Um, thanks yeah you know doctors the the doctor is kind of busy at this time and so i just took the time that i could get and uh you just so happened to be at work um, that's okay you talked to the doctor while i was working with doctors so it's all good (laughs) that's right yeah, so it was a beautiful Friday night. I hope you guys, um, whenever you're listening listening to this, I hope that it's, uh, I hope that the vibes are good for you. <laughs> and um, um, I think this is the first, uh, well, this is not the first podcast. Yeah, this is going to be the first podcast that I release freshly on the YouTube channel. I'm going to try to get all the other podcasts on the YouTube channel as well. So um, that'll be another medium that this uh, media is available on. So. Um, if you guys get a chance, check out our website, chillinois.net. That's chillinois.net. From there, you can connect, uh, with our community. Um, you can join our subreddit. You can get on our discord, which I just have to say is a really awesome part of our community. Um, there's, if you don't know how discord works, it's like, it's like instant messaging. Um, but there are different channels within the server. And so we've got, you know, a general channel where everybody can just talk um, about general things, you know, but we've actually got focus channels. So, for example, we have a growing channel um, and it's really awesome because you can, um, you know, ask questions about growing. We've got a lot of experienced growers within the channel and, you know, a lot of people um, while they're growing, even they'll ask questions, you know, maybe they're experiencing a deficiency of some sort. So they'll post a picture in the growing channel and say, hey, you know, my leaves, they just look weird. What's going on? And I've seen uh, plenty of people get their problem solved 
through the growing channel. I've gotten some of my questions uh, answered actually through the growing channel. There's a lot of really good people in there. Um, so check it out. Check the Discord out. Um, we've got our FAQ on the website, which is something that we covered during the last podcast. Um, those, those are our frequently asked questions. Um, yeah, so that's that's all we have for you this week. Um, thank you for listening. I hope that you guys found value in this podcast. I hope everybody is staying safe and staying well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely stay well. Be sure to get your steps in, stretch, you know, stay healthy. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say before we close is I wanted to reiterate uh, Dr. Eric Lee's website uh, for Green Mind Physicians. It's greenmindphysicians.com. So... Thank you guys for listening. Um, again, this was recorded on a Friday, so if you're listening on this, um, I don't know if I'll get it out Friday night, but we'll see. If you're listening on this Friday night, have a great weekend. If you're listening to this on Saturday or whenever, just have a good time. I hope you're smoking some good stuff right now. So um, take care. Thanks for listening, and have a good one. Bye.